And Lord, we thank you for making us in your image and making us one in Christ. We thank you for your steadfast love and faithfulness through the centuries. Lord, bless now this gathering in your name. The preaching of the word, the remembrance of our story and our worship in Jesus' name. Amen. We have a, a guest this morning to uh, lead us in worship by really singing to us and with us. He's an old, old friend of mine. Uh, I've known Randy Stonehill now for, well, 25, 30 years, almost as long as he's been singing. Uh, there was a time, believe it or not, that uh, most of us couldn't imagine how Christian and rock and roll could ever have anything to do with one another. And uh, Randy is one of the pioneers. He's uh, traveled all over the world. He's uh, regularly uh, working with Compassion International. He's got some 19 albums and CDs out in, in his career. And um, one of his first live recordings ever was uh, way long time ago here at Westmont College. And uh, I see several groupies here uh, for Randy Stonehill. And uh, Randy's going to lead us this morning. Uh, would you welcome my friend and my hero <laughs> and one of God's special people, Randy Stonehill. A lot of energy. We're, we're quite, a, quite accomplished at um, uh, honing our uh, and polishing uh, the imitation of ourselves that we uh, that we present uh, to the world around us. But uh, I was going to say, you know, in in um, 30 years, 31 years as a believer, uh, I realized that uh, that the, the the freedom really comes in finding in 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 knowing that you're loved by a God who remembers your names and. Um, finding your identity there. Um, uh, but, you know, I, I, I look at, at the adventure of my life and, and, um, and I, I look at the culture around me and I say, yeah, you know, if you scratch the surface, really, with, with any of us, um, we're a lot of energy remembers your names. Uh, uh, a lot of singing career and so and and uh, in their present we quotation of our God who remembers your name and um, so I want to do a song that's um, it's about um, someone that we all know uh, in your own history your own social circle you probably met this person and um, I realized what was from my own childhood, and it's called Rachel Delavorius. It's about to be told. Uh, 
and uh, well, talk about we couldn't especially born to be free but somehow not being free this is uh, one of a series of three uh, special chapels this week where we're going to give you a chance uh, at the end uh, to respond in some way personally the text is uh, just a few lines from the Gospel of Matthew and its uh, depth portrayal of what Jesus came to do with people like us. Born to be afraid. Fourteen, it says Jesus. I was going to say, our Peter's house. He saw his mother-in-law with a fever. Well. Well, that's been three chapels this week. So long. And she somehow and she began to wait on him. When evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him. And he drove out the spirits with the word. and healed all who were sick. This was to fulfill the words of the prophet. Surely he and carried our diseases. A day that contained all of Jesus' days. It had something that he loved to do at every turn. He would visit a friend's house. He would find someone sick, and it's a little detail, but it's an important one. When he sees her, he touches her hand, and she gets well. He was always doing it that way. It's, it's amazing. There's, there's lepers who just can't be touched, and he touches them. He lays his hands on them. There's, there's a blind man where he takes his own saliva and mixes it with mud and, and makes a kind of poultice on this diamond. There's a time he puts his fingers into a deaf man's ears. He puts children in his lap. People knew when they got around Jesus. They knew what he was about, and when he entered an area, it's as though the hospitals and asylums all just disgorged their inmates. They, they came to Jesus like there was a compass in their soul toward true north. They knew where the compassion was, they knew where the power was, and they went to Jesus. And he set them free. See, Jesus commanding powers of darkness to let their prisoners go free. Again, he did this a lot, too. He, he insisted on it. His first miracle in the Gospel of Mark is a demon-possessed man, a man who is completely under the control of dark and sinister personalities who recognized Jesus immediately. 
devil's no atheist. His theology is thoroughly orthodox. He knows who Jesus is. And Jesus demands that that those whom Satan has taken captive be set free. And a remarkable picture of his work. He said, you know, my work is like, it's like breaking into the, uh, the estate of a strong man who has stolen a lot of stuff. I get the strong man, I, I tie him up, and I take back what he's stolen. That's Jesus. He's always touching and, and commanding evil to let go. And why does he do this? Well, it's because he was touched. He himself was touched by what he saw. This, this great line that Matthew quotes from Isaiah 53, he said, all this stuff, all this commanding of evil spirits to come out, all this, this uh, setting of people free was, and I quote, to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our diseases. In other words, what Jesus is doing is something that God planned to have happen for centuries before the world was created. Paul says, so Jesus comes and he's simply doing what God's heart willed for him to do from the very beginning. And he didn't do it like a magician wielding magic wand. No, he took it on himself. He bore it on himself. He took up our infirmities. He carried our diseases. Now, Charles Spurgeon has a wonderful picture of this. Picture Jesus' heart as a, as a vast reservoir. And I'm quoting Mr. Spurgeon. The heart of Christ became like a reservoir in the midst of the mountains. All the tributary streams of iniquity and every drop of the sins of his people ran down and gathered into always peace. And sureless as eternity. All God planned Christ's heart touched, endured them all. And Jesus heals will not simply you know, God can he wants to do, you know like a magician. Healing, his healing is to take into himself the brokenness, to bear it himself, the sin, the evil, the bondage, to take it upon himself. He personally carried away our sins in his own body on the cross so we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. You have been healed by his wounds. That's Peter speaking. You know, the man whose mother-in-law got well that day. He took it upon himself. Now listen very carefully. If you want Jesus to heal you, know this. It will be because he's taken all that you are into himself. It won't be because he stood back and showed off his power. By his wounds, 
you're healed. That's the gospel. That's the message that uh, sets us free. So think about yourself. Is there anything too big, too horrid, too too decent to touch? Be very careful. And you? Well, it's an academic question because he's already been touched by what's in you. Remember family vacation some, well, about 15 years ago now, and my kids were little. And I remember thinking as we went off to uh, the high country in Colorado, you know, the worst thing that could happen would be for them to either get sick and throw up or get sick and have, you know, the other uh, in their sleeping bags. I mean, you know, when you're out camping, I mean, it's not like you, uh, you know, you just touch yourself. Or the cleaner. Uh, wouldn't that be awful for that to happen? And I remember praying as we headed to Colorado that none of my kids would get sick in the sleeping bags. Oh, my. What a night that was. In the dark, sick in every conceivable way, in a bag. And it's dark out there. And I remember taking one of my kids, he knows who he is. <laughs> sort of holding him out, you know, and uh, Loretta, got a towel? <laughs> little naked boy <laughs> trying to wipe it off but you're just smearing it around <laughs> don't ever <laughs> over the clean sick what a night just take him Happen with you. Look at the right patience. My Jesus Christ. Walk up that long road to the public showers <laughs> and stand in the showers together until it's all washed away. We fathers can be, I say can be, once in a while, a little bit like Jesus. He doesn't try to wipe it off and just smear it around a bit. No, he takes us to his heart. Jesus. He took us to his heart. Do you believe that? You know, people have different reactions to Jesus when it comes to this healing thing. Some of them are, well, they're, well, they just don't believe he could possibly love them. Like the leper who said, Jesus, if you, if you want to, you can heal me. And Jesus smiled and said, I want to. 
that what you need to hear today? Doing thing to try to. He can. He, he he probably wants to. I mean, he's really a. Like the father who came to Jesus, and he's got a boy who's, well, he's got scars on him from the time of being hurled into by this demon. He says, if you can do anything, would you please? And Jesus laughs and says, if I can do anything? Anything is possible if you believe. The Father says, I believe. Help my unbelief. And then maybe, maybe there's a third group of people who wonder, well, is it appropriate? I mean, is it appropriate? Is it, is it, is it kosher? Is it, is it all right? I mean, should we... Should we actually do this in church sometime? Should we actually even invite students at Westmont to ask to be prayed and loved on and ask Jesus to come and touch them? Is that appropriate? Well, Jesus stood in a synagogue one present. Boy who's boy who's and everybody was watching Jesus to see if he'd do something inappropriate like heal somebody on Sabbath. And Jesus called this man down in front and he said to these people standing around who questioned the appropriateness of it, he said, now, is it lawful to do good things or bad things on the Sabbath? And they all just stood there and looked down, looked at each other. And in Mark's Gospel it says, Jesus looked at every one of them. at their hardness of heart. Is that you? Do you need a laugh from Jesus? A smile? What a line. Or do you need the face of Jesus carved on the stone of your heart? Well, if you come to Jesus and ask him to hold you to himself, and heal you, one of two things will happen. Well, maybe a little bit of both. Number one, he might just heal you right now, right here and now. He might just do that. You know, he does that. I've seen it happen. It's not a daily occurrence, but I've seen it happen. I've prayed for people and seen God touch them and heal them. I've seen people who are miraculously alive today because of the power of Jesus Christ to heal. That could happen to you. Or, or he just might give you the strength and the power to live in it. Sometimes a little bit of both. I don't know. Jesus said, this is Jesus now who, who holds us to himself. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. 
Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. He'll help you carry it, is what I'm saying. His grace will be perfected. His strength will be perfected in your weakness. You'll have a fellowship with Jesus. I know you will, because I have one. That is enhanced and sweetened. Because we share in suffering. And you'll have a fellowship with others with whom you can share and suffering. But Jesus never turns anyone away who comes to him. He might make you brand new just like that. He just might do that. He might give you the grace to live with it until he makes you brand new. Which who knows when that'll be. Maybe next month. Maybe. Maybe Maybe in heaven, well, certainly in heaven, there is a healing coming for everybody. And it pleases the Lord to give us previews. Yeah, that's what healing is, a preview of heaven. You know, in about a month, um, I thought of her this morning. It's, uh, it was really cool. One of you walked up to me and asked me, we could remember her uh, next month, and I will. But I'll remember this morning, too. Ashley Williams, uh, freshman last year, was killed uh, right around Easter time. She's more alive than anybody in this room. She's healthier. But hey, would you ask God for a preview of that? Would you ask God to show you his face now, where you are? He won't turn you away, I promise that. I'll take my last. There's no reason for you to turn you away. He'll, and he will bless you. To his heart. Well, I'm done preaching. And uh, as I said, these are uh, some special chapels. I'm going to dismiss this all in a moment. And uh, any of you who want to be prayed, carry it. So I want to take hand in hand. I want to take this over this morning. And so do that. I'm here to do it. The chaplain staff is here to me, and the other you'll have a. Uh, if you just want to sit, you are. Preaching, Lord, by cool too. If you need to leave. There's no reason to stay uh, unless you want to wait on the Lord. Because surely he takes up your infirmities and he will carry your diseases. unless you want to stay and have prayer. Father in heaven,
you promised. But hey, Pastor, and ask God for a few Please. He raises. Lord, your methods are well, sure. just here. Your time to show you is here right around Easter, too. I'm not surprised you. And Lord, there are many who sit here this morning who, who just can't be disappointed. You know them. So Lord, show them your mercy and make us willing and wise servants. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, be with you. Uh, you can hang around for a while or you can leave, but we'll be here to pray. Pray. Uh, 